exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. How you doing, everyone? My name is Dave Ferencu. I'll be your host as usual for this next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan here to my left. Megan, how we doing here on January 9th? Oh, good, good. You good. know. 2012 starting off good for you? Yeah, it's been all right so far. Um, That's crazy weather. I mean, I just I have know. to bring it up because it was like 55, you know, three days ago about. I know. What's going on? <laughs> it's just we live in Michigan. Uh, yes, That's we do live I'm in at. Michigan, and it is a toss-up anytime to what the weather would be. I think we have to. We're getting snow this weekend, so mm-hmm. it'll put the balance back into the, the winter for oh, uh, yeah. everybody in the state. Because some people are loving the no snow, and then all my friends that snowboard and do anything like that are just oh, yeah. livid. That's like, everyone thought they were going to do it over break, and then we come. Are we going break? And we had like one day of maybe a little bit of snow. Like nothing. Really. Nothing. <laughs> Barely anything. Yeah, I hope everyone out there had a fantastic weekend. Uh, a lot went on here in the sports world. We're definitely going to be getting into the Lions losing their first playoff game in 12 years to the New Orleans Saints here on Saturday night. A lot to discuss with that. We'll also be getting to some of the other games around the NFL. Tebow Magic uh, happened again here. Megan's just shaking her head, but uh, we'll definitely be. <laughs> be getting into a little bit of the wild card matchups that took place this weekend. I'll also talk a little bit of Michigan State, and uh, I want you guys to start thinking about this right now. Michigan State and Michigan, the final BCS rankings will be coming out here after the national championship game this evening. Who deserves to be ranked higher? Michigan or Michigan State? Phone number is 517-432-3893. We'll also get to a little bit of Michigan State College basketball. Won 14 straight now, and they've cracked the top 10. So uh, we'll talk about them. Red Wings got a great win over the Blackhawks last night in overtime to tie for the uh, Central Division lead. And we'll also get a little Pistons. Not a lot. They're 2-6. and six. It's early, but we'll throw you a little action there at the end. Again, the phone number 517-432-3893. But we are going to start off with... Detroit Lion football. And the Lions went into the Superdome here on Saturday night. It was the night game, 8 o'clock at night. And the Lions came out, I think, strong. I think they came out really strong. You know, a quick 7 nothing lead. Great drive down the field. At the half, it's 14-10. to uh, the Lions did force two turnovers in the first half, two fumbles, yet could not capitalize and score points on them. And the Lions did get hosed on an inadvertent whistle, which stopped one of our players from taking that fumble and returning it for a touchdown, which would have put the Lions up 20-7 to at that point. Now, Megan, this was a game where the Lions were you know, right in it. Even in the third quarter, they were in this game. But Drew Brees and that explosive offense absolutely decimated us in the second half. Drew Brees finishing with 466 yards through the air, 33 of 43, passing for three touchdowns. I mean, absolutely a monster performance. They could they were converting on every third and fourth down. You know, why did the Lions fall short here this week? Obviously, the Saints are a superior team, but what really was it that they couldn't, you know, hold down? You know, the, everything that we said is they needed to keep their head in the game. They needed to uh, lower the amount of penalties and penalty yards, and they, they did both those, I saw. But the one thing that we mainly said is we had to put pressure on Drew Brees. And, I, you know, it's nothing we did, I think, because I think our defensive line really, really, really tried. Yes. But their offensive line just was ten times better than ours, our defensive line. And I think that's the main reason of what happened because sometimes I'd be watching and I felt like Drew Brees, you know, was waiting to throw a pass for like 15 seconds. Like he had that much time yeah. to get ready and throw a pass. And that's the thing is, and, and also, um, not, I mean, our secondary, we were leaving a lot of um, wide open Well, the secondary, oh, <laughs> I mean, two weeks now in a row, you saw, we always know what happened in the Green Bay game mm-hmm. the week prior. And, no different this week. Again, I mean, 626 total yards, mm-hmm. 466 through the air. I mean, this is now two weeks in a row. You know, the Lions have given up almost 1,000 passing yards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the secondary is the main concern of this Lions football team. But, you know, just as well like we discussed, you know, the Lions were going to have to be able to run the ball effectively enough in this mm-hmm. game. They did not do that. 32 rushing yards. You know, Darren Sproles in New Orleans ran for 167, absolutely gashing us. You know, penalties, seven penalties for 64 yards. We did have two turnovers. I know one was late. 
uh, with Matt Stafford throwing that pick late in the game. But nonetheless, you know, the Lions fall short here. Do you think this is a team? I mean, I think they're young, mm-hmm. very talented. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a team that is going to get back into the playoffs next year? And you know, if they can fix some of these areas, you know, get a running game going. You know, Lashore should be healthy for next year. Best should be back. Can this team win a playoff game next year? Absolutely, I think so. They're more than capable of winning it this year too. Um, I just think you know the Saints were just a little better than us, and I think that's what it comes down to. Um, I think, like you said, where they're young, they're talented, they work in the off season, come back. They are more than capable of winning a playoff game. I think next semester, or next semester, next year. <laughs> they yeah, I wish they played next semester. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, without a doubt, the Lions very talented. Uh, you know, I'm disappointed in their defensive performance. You know, the front four played well enough, and you know, who knows? The game could have went a different way. I don't want to make this an excuse, but you know, that was a pretty crappy you know thing that happened to us with that whistle just being blown and the Lions losing out on a touchdown. That would have put them up 14 there with about 5:39 left in the second quarter. Uh, that could really change the game. Instead of it being, you know, 21-7, it's 14-10 to at mm-hmm. the half. And it was still 24-21 New Orleans, uh, you know, at the end of the third quarter. So this was a game the whole way. I think the biggest thing with the Lions here in this game was not being able to do anything on third and fourth down. Yep. And it just it, it translated time and time again drives where they would do a pretty good job on first and second down mm-hmm. to really hold the Saints back, third and eights, third and threes, four and, fourth and twos. They were three of four on fourth down conversions, seven of eleven on third downs, and you just they couldn't stop a drive. I was really, really impressed though. I do have to say with their first drive, you oh, know, at the very end before the touchdown, it was like first down, next throw, first down, next down, next throw, first down. You know, we didn't need the second or third down. We were just Matt Stafford did I think he did very, very well. You know, he did have a couple mistakes, obviously. He threw an interception pass. But other than that, he looked really good. Oh, he did. And Matt Stafford, in my opinion, one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think he can only get better from here. Uh, we saw it this season, throwing for 5,038 passing yards, coming close to even breaking Marino's record himself, throwing for 41 touchdowns. You know, the kid had a good game. He didn't have a perfect game, yeah. but I think he had a good game. And I just think New Orleans is a better team. Yeah. They are the better team. They were 8-0 at the Superdome this year, averaging 41 points, and they matched that. They are that type of team. I think they're the hottest team in the playoffs right now, hands down. They have the best offense. You know, Detroit just needs to get a little better defensively. You know, even though still, they only lost by 17. I know that sounds like a lot, but this game was close for so much of it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that this team has such potential in the future. That's why I really can't get too riled up and too angry because I never thought we'd win this game anyhow. I, I just did not think we had a chance. I don't think anyone did, to be honest. I think we were all giving them as much credit as they deserved, but we were just saying, everyone was saying the Saints are just a better team. I think that's what it came down to with everyone. Yeah, the Saints just are a better team. And I think people that were picking the Lions were picking the Lions as fans. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, it sometimes it maybe gives you the superstitious belief that if I pick the team, you know, maybe they will win. Right. If I just, you know, blindly believe in them, and that's fine. That is what, you know, fans can do. Um, that's not my job. So, so uh, because oh, me and my dad were making picks, and he's like, ah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Lions. I'm like, you're crazy. You're crazy <laughs> going with them. And, you know, they did make it a game for three quarters. And, uh, again, very young team. Matt Stafford's 23. Calvin Johnson's 25. Um, just a lot of young guys here. Mm-hmm. LaShore, again, will be back for next season. Uh, you know, right now reports that he's healing very well uh, with his uh, torn Achilles that he had. So uh, that should be very good for them as well. Uh, looking at, lo- you know, looking forward to next season real fast. Uh, you know, Javid Best, big reason, missed 11 games this season. You know, obviously losing a lot of our running game with Javid Best going down with the concussions. He still finished as the team's leading rusher. Even being out 11 games, he still finished as the team's leading rusher with 390 yards, 84 attempts, and three touchdowns. Two of those were rushing touchdowns. But Best has said that he feels no concussion-like symptoms anymore, and he's got all the motivation in the world for 2012. So he says he should be ready. He's been on a strict workout regiment. I mean, we need this kid back. Oh, yeah. And I'm happy they put him on the inactive list this year. I don't want guys. Concussions are really a it's a big deal. He had one in Kyle. He had one or two in Kyle. I think he's got a total of four concussions. It's four or five. I need to look it up, but um, he's had a lot. He's got his brain bashed in mm-hmm. a number of times. Young guy, so obviously take all the precautions in the world with him. And you know, for all of our listeners out there, what are your final thoughts on the Lions' season? You know, this team ended ten and seven. Uh, they made the playoffs for the first time again in twelve years. Yeah, they haven't won a playoff game. You know, we're still waiting. It's 
It's been since 1991 since his team's actually won a playoff game. But this team's up and coming. What do you think of the season as a whole? 517-432-3893. Because personally, I'm not disappointed at all in this season. They did better than I thought they'd do. I really thought this was more of an 8-8, eight and eight, a 9-7 and seven ball club. And they were quite close to that. But, you know, the fact that they got into the playoffs... I think Jim Schwartz, if he can, you know, just keep the culture changing with that mentality. Because the only guy that was on this, you know, that was, I don't even know, actually Jason Hansen wasn't even on the 91 team. We have nobody on this team, really, that's really had a lot of playoff experience, if any, mm-hmm. that's played on our team. So, you know, there's a lot to go forward here with the Detroit Lions. Uh, starting left tackle, Jeff Backus had surgery to repair his right bicep um, that he injured here on Saturday's game in New Orleans. Uh, Schwartz, speaking of Backus, says he's expected to miss a significant portion of time, but did not think that his health would prevent him from participating in training camp this summer. So hopefully Jeff Backus, you know, one of the longest tenured Lions you know, his biceps get healthy and he's ready to go. Looking at just a couple other guys, you know, a lot of lines have been speaking out very early about whether they want to stay here in Detroit. And defensive end Cliff Averill is not planning on making any moves. He is going to become a free agent in March, but did say today that he does not have any plans to clear out his locker at the Lions training facility. He says, quote, I'm preparing like I am going to be here. I still got my stuff here, end quote. So Cliff Averill, obviously a big component of that front four. This season, it'd be real nice to keep them around. Obviously, they're going to have to, you know, throw money at them. But for the good guys, that's what you have to do. So, good stuff for Cliff Averill there. And again, regarding the call, you know, the fumble that Drew Brees and then, you know, the whistle got blown. Mm -hmm. I do want to clarify this with all of our listeners. I was not aware of this either until I did some research. Okay, there were actually two mistakes made on this call, on this play, okay? Now, this is an article from the Detroit News. I said, okay, according to ProFootballTalk.com, the league office did confirm that two mistakes were made on the same play. A sack fumble of quarterback Drew Brees, Drew Brees by Willie Young. The first mistake, obviously, was blowing the whistle when they scooped up the ball to run it in. But the second mistake was the result of the first. Now, referee Tony Cornett, who ruled that Brees had fumbled incorrectly, gave the ball to Detroit after the play was blown dead. Because the rule does state that the Saints should have retained possession because of the inadvertent whistle. So we kind of lucked out but didn't in this situation. Now here's a, you know, from the league, here's their statement saying, quote, Because the ruling on the field was a fumble and the whistle came before the recovery, the play is dead because the inadvertent whistle and the Saints should have retained possession of the ball. New Orleans would have then had the choice to put the ball in play at the spot where the possession was lost or to replay the down. Inadvertent whistles are not reviewable. End quote. Obviously, Jim Schwartz, not happy, as he should be, saying regarding the situation, quote, it would have been nice to capitalize on that sack fumble. That would have been a touchdown. Every other time in this league, they let that play go and they don't blow the whistle. We were victims of that last week when they let the play continue. For some reason in this, for some reason in this game, they decided to blow the whistle, end quote. You know, I know that we, we say this a lot, and Detroit teams, they get hosed. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it's just some kind of subconscious, stupid, little, I don't know what it is. Football, hockey, and, you know, I mean, you know, basketball. Time and time again, someone's getting screwed over on, in, in Detroit. I don't know. Can you, I mean, can you explain this? I just, it seems to be a pattern of, like, just really blown calls, I don't want to use that as an excuse for why we lost or won a game, but come on, it's getting old. Oh, hard to explain, I guess. I mean, what do they have out for us? No, they just, it just, it seems like, I don't know if it's just by, you know, it's coincidental, but it does seem that a lot of the time, you know, these Detroit teams are getting screwed in one way or another. The Titus Young play last week in the Green Bay game, Mm -hmm. and obviously the Lions in a lot of ways, again, did not deserve to win that game, but it just calls like that, that they do change, you know, how a game's going to play out, especially something early, like in this Saints game. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go to the phone lines real fast. Hey, how you're going? You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Yes, uh, good evening. This is Paul from Detroit calling. How's it going, Paul? How are you and Megan doing this evening? Doing great. How are you doing? Well, you know, I'm doing all right. You know, I watch the lines like everybody else. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, I'm, I'm not that surprised. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't expect them to beat New Orleans. But, uh, you know, I thought our defense uh, would have played a better game. You know, honestly, I think Gunther Cunningham should be fired. 
Okay, you think just uh, go in a new direction. Get rid of Gunther. I think we should go a new direction on defense because it's not just the New Orleans game. It's uh, Green Bay the week before. And I feel I mean, we can't stop anybody. I mean, look at the New Orleans second half. Five possessions, five touchdowns. Yep. Come on. I mean, you're going to be a playoff contender, a championship team. That has to be fixed. We have to get a better running game. Uh, Kevin Smith is average, but we need to upgrade at that position. And uh, really... Uh, New Orleans does have a great offensive line from what I've seen when they played the Lions. But, I mean, we got to come up with schemes in order to get pressure on him more consistently to make it uncomfortable for him in a pocket. And, yeah, there were a couple times in that game, uh, that fumble, for example, that could have been picked up for six. Maybe that would have changed uh, the dynamic of the whole game. We don't know. With the, with the Saints offense the way it is, even if we up 21-7, is that lead really safe? <laughs> probably not, in all honesty. Uh, that lead is probably not safe. But just, you know, looking forward, Paul, do you think that, you know, if this team does fix those little things, gets a more consistent running game, fixes that secondary, that this is a team that will get back to the playoffs next year and will win a game? I think, you know, I wasn't really that angry after the game because, you know what, from what I've seen, it looks to me as though the Lions have turned the corner and uh, I feel like you just said, I think when they make those small adjustments uh, in the offseason, if they can do that and, and get some pers- uh, per- the right type of personnel on defense, and, and if they decide to keep Gunther Cunningham, then he's got he's to do a little better job. But you know what? Next year, their team's going to fear this Lions team because we're young, and I think that front four is going to get better. I, I think uh, uh, Stafford's 23. He's got – look at the weapons he has. Calvin Johnson, that guy's a Superman, for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, he that is. Guy, that guy, they got three guys on him. He caught the ball and the defender's arm. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, Calvin Johnson, 211 uh, reception yards, two touchdowns, monster. Sets a record there for a wild card, uh, you know, first, first uh, game, you know, in the playoffs, 211 yards. That's a record, isn't it? It's a record. And that connection between Stafford and Calvin Johnson, uh, that is something else. And, you know, Johnson will be a free agent here after next season. But I can guarantee you that the Detroit Lions front office is putting together a monster contract deal for this kid to keep him around. I mean, don't you, don't you, I think he's the best receiver in football. I mean, is there, is there any argument to that? I, I mean, don't think so anymore. I think let, before this season, you could have argued maybe Andre Johnson, uh, you know, maybe Larry Fitzgerald. But when it really comes down to it, Calvin Johnson has shown the world that he is the best wide receiver in the game, hands down. And, you know, when, it, we're not, when they're not throwing it to Andre or to Calvin Johnson, they have Nate Burleson. He's, he's, uh, he's good. Um, the pet, Pettigrew for a tight end. Yeah, Pettigrews is definitely a solid tight end. Hey, real fast, I know this is completely off the wall. Give me uh, how many wins do you think the Lions are going to get next year? Wow, you're really... <laughs> I'm putting it to you. Yeah, you yeah Listen, I'm not going to hold you to it in six months. <laughs> Just right now, top of your right. head, Lions won 10 games this year. What would you give them next year? So they were 10-6 and six this year, right? 10-6 yeah. this year. You see in maybe 11-5, and 12-4, or maybe 10-6 and six again. You know what? I'm saying 10-6 and six again, to be honest. Okay. I, I think teams are going to be a little bit more prepared for the Lions... Uh, the Lions, I think, will upgrade. They'll be better, but you know what? I, I just, you know, ten, I'm just going to stick ten and six. And and really, I mean, this is just a blind shot until I. I know it's a blind shot. We don't even know the schedule yet for next season. I just wanted that blind pick. Yeah. All right. Well, Paul, I really appreciate the phone call. All right. All right. Good night. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Yeah, we'll see. I know. Hey, I know you love picking things. Nope. How many pay? How many wins? Oh gosh. Listen, this is nothing in stone. We don't have to keep any of this. You know, know. just you know, right now. I don't know. I would say probably about the same as him, or maybe even eleven and five. Yeah. Um. I think they're going to be better, but like you said, people are going to be more prepared for us. I guess the Lions. Um. Because this year we were just totally shot in the dark. You know, we were the Cinderella team, as people were calling. People us. knew we were up and coming. They just didn't know, they didn't how, know good, how good, how good, exactly. how good we were. Yeah. And so if we keep the same people, maybe add a couple more, uh, lose a couple, we don't know yet. But depending on that, you know, people are going to pretty much know what our team's going to be like next year. Yeah. And I'm I'm right there with you and Paul. I mean, I'm really seeing ten and six, eleven and five. And once we see the schedule that comes out, see who the Lions are playing home and away, it's a big deal. Uh, we'll see. But uh, you know, congratulations to Detroit on mm-hmm. a, on a very solid season. You know, really bringing football back. You know, to Detroit. You know, that's great to see. And I do want to make one final comment on this game. The biggest disparity I've ever seen in this box score of this game is time of possession: twenty-two minutes to thirty-seven minutes. Lions only having the ball for 22 minutes of that game. That's why they lost this game. Mm-hmm. They did not have the ball. 
that, and they didn't capitalize on their uh, and, turnovers. And they didn't capitalize on that either. But again, congratulations to Detroit, and uh, you know, for just having a really nice season. Yeah, you didn't win this one, but this team is going to be someone we're going to be able to speak about. I think in good regard for a long time. Oh yeah. So good stuff there. Real fast, around the NFL, there are other wild card games going on this weekend. On Saturday uh, at 4.30, the Texans took on the Bengals. Texans' first playoff game is franchise history, and they won it. 31-10, TJ Yates uh, does an average job, but gets it done. 11 for 20, 159 yards, one touchdown. But Arian Foster, as usual, carves up the Cincy defense. 24 carries for 153 yards, two touchdown passes. Andre Johnson doing a nice job as well with 90 yards and one TD. So the Texans will be moving on. Looking at Sunday's game, the Giants absolutely decimate the pathetic Falcons. Giants win 24-2. Eli Manning throwing for three touchdown passes, 277 yards. Falcons suck. <laughs> I suck. was pulling for them. I, they, just have, they just underachieve every year. They have so much talent, this team, and every year just want it done. Just can't do anything. Two points. My God, that's pathetic. <laughs> it's just so bad. I, I, it, was such a, it, was, it was such an ugly game. The first two points of the game. <laughs> it was so ugly. So ugly. And then for the thriller on Sunday night, or really not Sunday night, kind of Sunday evening-ish. but Rip my heart out. The Steelers. Lose to the Broncos, the Tim Tebow Broncos, 29-23 to in overtime. First play in overtime is an 80-yard touchdown reception for Denarius Thomas. Denarius Thomas ending with 204 yards, one touchdown. Tebow throws 10 for 21, but 316 yards and two touchdowns. Throwing for an average of 31.6 yards per reception. And Megan roll, rolls her eyes uh, more and <laughs> more. So, you love the Steelers. I know you like the Steelers. They're your do. second favorite team. Yes. What did you think of this game? Ugh. I quit watching. Honestly. You quit watching? After a while, after Tebow started doing doing work, I guess is what I'm going for, I was like, mm, gosh, I'm done. And then I heard it went into overtime, and I was like, wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then if you would have blinked in overtime, you would have missed it. No, and then I hear the 80-yard 80, 80 touchdown pass, and I'm like, ugh. The only thing worse than Tim Tebow winning is Tim Tebow beating my Steelers. <laughs> Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, you know, Tim Tebow has been one of the most criticized players, I think, in the NFL. It's, it's been ridiculous. Good or bad, whatever you think of him, he's been criticized like none other. Mm-hmm. Okay, because he's, you know, he's just a different type of player at quarterback. Do you think after winning this playoff game that, you know what, they're keeping him on for next season? Tebow's their guy. They're not going to be looking to draft somebody. They're not going to be trying to get Brady Quinn, who obviously isn't good enough to be a starter, it seems like. Is Tebow their man? Because he's found ways to get it done. Uh, not, not not pretty not, a lot of the time. Not, pretty, not pretty at all. But you know what? He had he made good passes in this football game. Um, you know, he really did. He didn't turn the ball over, and the defense gave him a chance to stay in this game. And you know, first play, I mean, give Denarius Thomas a lot of credit too. His receiver getting a lot of work done. Mm-hmm. Is Tebow can he start next year? He can. Or should he start, I think is the better thing. I don't know if he should, but he can. I just think a lot of Honestly, shoot me down, God. I'm sorry, but I just think he a lot of what he does is luck. Uh-huh. To be to be honest, I think teams make him look better than he actually is. I think that's just me saying. I don't know, just cuz I've watched him play before. Yeah. And you know, just how the Lions, you know, beat up on him. That's one of the games, but even like just watching him, he's he's played in low-scoring games that, you know, they pulled out of their Hats oh, yeah. in the very last minute. Tebow pulls something off, you know. And I, I think a lot of what he does is luck. And could he start next year? Yeah. Do I think they're going to look maybe for another quarterback? I don't know about a starter, but I think they'll look for another one, uh-huh. just someone to have. Um, honestly, it's tough. I, I think. think he sticks around. I think yeah, that I think, I'm not John Elway and John Fox. I think they, they're not sold on him, but. I don't think after you know they won the they won they beat the Steelers they beat up a beat up Steelers team Roethlisberger not healthy Mendenhall mm-hmm. their main running back out you know their center Pouncey they had a lot of problems but the Broncos still won they did they still won and that's the thing a win is a win Tim Tebow played well enough you know the game plan the scheme was good enough for the Broncos to get this game I'm not a Tebow fan but I'm not a Tebow hater anymore I just think it's all hilarious. I, I, I think it's all hilarious. I, I just love the story. I love 
I love just seeing about it, talking about it, and seeing one week he throws six for 20 for like 60 yards, and then the next week he throws for 300. I don't know what to think week to week with this kid, so that's why I think it's just hilarious. It's insanity. It really is. Um, Really quickly, looking at some of the other uh, matchups coming up for next weekend for the divisional round in the NFL, the New Orleans Saints are going to be going to San Francisco. That game will take place on Saturday. It will be at 4.30 p.m. Right now, the Saints actually getting favored uh, three and a half points by Vegas on the road. Real fast, Saints or Niners? I say Saints. Saints? Yeah. I'm going Saints, too. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. The Niners' defense is fantastic, yeah. but I will still go with in my the hottest team in the league, yeah. New Orleans. Next matchup will be the Denver Broncos versus <laughs> the New England Patriots. That will be the night game on Saturday, 8 p.m. Right now, New England, a 13.5-point favorite at home. Does Denver have enough in them to beat the New England Patriots and Tom Brady? I don't think they have enough to beat the Pats. I really don't. I, I, see, I see New England winning. I agree. I mean, I... I can't go with Denver. I should have. I can't <laughs> not against Tom Brady though. I mean, not against that New England again. Their defense is not good either. Uh, it really isn't. But at the same time, I just think New England can outscore Denver. Do you think it's going to be a high-scoring game? Not really. I no. think New England's going to score a lot of points. You know, enough points. I mean, their offense is very solid. I, I, I see, like you know, maybe a thirty-one, fourteen kind of game. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Basically, looking at the next matchup, uh, this will be Sunday's game at 1 o'clock. Houston will be taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are going to be at home. They had a bye because they were the number two seed in the AFC. Ravens favored by 7.5 right now, Vegas. Who do you got, Houston or Baltimore? I keep going with Vegas. I'm going to have to go with um, Baltimore. You have to go with Baltimore? The Ravens? The Ravens. I will actually go with Baltimore as well. Uh, Texas, the Texans do have a really good defense, but obviously so do the Ravens. Right. And... uh, Baltimore, they can disappoint. They are they are a schizophrenic team throughout the season at times. They still were twelve and four. Mm-hmm. They still have you know Ray Rice, uh, Ray Lewis, Ray Rice, and Joe Flacco. If he can just not turn the ball over, really, I think Baltimore's got this game. And the final game, the New York Giants versus the Green Bay Packers. That'll be the four thirty game on Sunday. Vegas has Green Bay at eight points right now. Who do you got, Giants or Green Bay? Go Pack, go. Go Not pack. As much as I don't want to say that, I, I think they'll. I think they're going to beat the Giants. I am actually going to go with the Giants. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna flip it. Screw Green Bay. <laughs> uh, I think that the Giants right now. I mean, this is. I'm going out on kind of a limb here, but the Giants are playing very well. Uh, I know Green Bay at Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's a little beat up, and Giants. They could have a magical type season. Do you think if we would have been the fifth seed and played the Giants, do you think we would have went second round? I think that we've had a much better shot, and yeah, I would have picked Detroit to win that game. Okay, I definitely would if I didn't. I mean, I do think the Giants are real good, but I would rather face the Giants than the Saints. Oh, me too. Millisecond, any day, any day. So <laughs> those are your games coming up here uh, next weekend. Should be some really good matchups. I think New Orleans and San Francisco looks like it'll be one of the better ones. But the Giants, Green Bay, great there. And who doesn't want to see Tim Tebow play Tom Brady? Hmm. You're, you're going to become a Tebow lover. No. By the, by, oh, yes. You I am just, not hopping on that Your new favorite team will be the Broncos. No, be like, no way. You have a Tebow jersey on. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't even own a Lions jersey, let alone a Tebow jersey. Tebow jersey. <laughs> I'll just get you that for your birthday. Like, here's a um, Tebow jersey. No, thank you. <laughs> you can keep it. I can keep it. All right. I'll wear it. And no one will know if I really am a fan of his or not. Exactly. But, Bandwagon uh, Tebow lover. <laughs> do you believe? Uh, we are going to take a quick break here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. When we get back, we're definitely going to be discussing Michigan and Michigan State. Who should be ranked higher after this championship game tonight when the final BCS rank- rankings come out? We'll discuss that. A couple players here from State going to the NFL draft. We'll also get to Michigan State College basketball. Got a little Red Wings, little Pistons for you. Don't forget the phone number, 517-432-3893. You are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. 
A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. David Megan here with you. have about a half hour left. If uh, you're just joining us now, we were really discussing pretty much the NFL in its entirety. The Lions losing to the Saints and some of the other wild card matchups. So if you still have anything to say about that, definitely you can give us a call. 517-432-3893. But we are going to move on to Michigan State football. And a couple guys have decided to go to the NFL. Our uh, big boy, our big defensive end, Jarrell Worthy, he is going to the NFL. And uh, he is an uh, he's a, he's amazing talent. Uh, right now, Mel Kuyper has him ranked 21, uh, 21 overall. And uh, Todd McShay actually has uh, Jarrell Worthy in his top 32. So, looks like Jarrell Worthy is going to have a big impact in the NFL uh, this season. You know, last two years, he's led this team to 11 games. Led in the defensive end, I'm saying. He was an all-first-round All-American and he finished this season with 30 tackles, including 10.5 for a loss. I just want to congratulate Jarrell Worthy for all he's done for Michigan State and wish you the best of luck in the NFL. Hopefully you go to the Lions. Hopefully. You know, we'll see. Another Spartan leaving is going to be Edwin Baker. The day after Jarrell Worthy basically declares for the draft, Edwin Baker says, I'm coming with you. Uh, Edwin Baker ran for 665 yards and five touchdowns last season. Uh, this season... Definitely had a drop-off in uh, production. Uh, Edwin Baker, you know, they really have... Obviously, they realized Bell's our guy, that they were going to be giving Bell more reps, and Bell's, you know, the future here for this team. Um, There's still a lot of guys at running back. I don't really... I'm not all tore up about Edwin Baker going to the draft. If he thinks that's best for him, good for him. Uh, We still have Le'Veon Bell. We do still have uh, Larry Caper, and we do still have Nick Hill. So we have... Still have guys. Oh, yeah. So it's not a big deal there. But, again, congratulations, Edward Baker, all he did for us. Uh, I never have ill will towards guys deciding to go to the draft. So uh, congratulations to Baker and Worthy, and hope you guys have success here uh, for next year's NFL draft. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, did you want to give a little uh, shout-out regarding uh, Mr. Pat Narduzzi? Yes, actually, I, I wasn't sure if he was offered the head coaching job, but actually I looked it up. It was defensive coordinator. Okay. They were saying the big reason, they were actually pursuing him heavily um, for the defensive coordinator job. And so it looked like we were going to lose another one. You know, I missed Jarrell Worthy, Edwin Baker. You know, we've had all those scares with Izzo. Supposedly reported Mark D'Antonio might be going to Ohio State last year, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I missed all that. They're, they're Texas A&M. One of Pat Narduzzi as their defensive coordinator, saying reportedly his salary would be tripled. Um, so, you know, obviously that's a big incentive. <laughs> but is. actually he um, is quoted saying that um, when a professional opportunity like Texas A&M, I owed it to my family to investigate it because my first obligation is to take care of my wife and children. The bottom line remains, however, that I'm very comfortable working for Mark D'Antonio in Michigan State. So we are not losing another member of the coaching staff. And I, D'Antonio says in this he couldn't be happier cause, because this coaching staff has put this team where it is now. It is. I'm very happy. I would understood, I would have understood oh, if he took that too. job in a second. But I love Pat Narduzzi, and you saw it with Michigan State's defense the last two years especially, how good this defense is. Mm-hmm. They're a monster. Uh, William Golston, you know, Jarrell Worthy, Rashad Davis. I mean, these guys are amazing. So it's you know good to see that he's going to be back around. Yeah, we lost Terrell Worthy to the NFL. We still got a lot of good talent. Cornerback Johnny Adams, who is going to be a senior next year, will be coming back. Tweeted quote back in East Lansing for my senior year end quote. So uh, you know this year Adams was first team All Big Ten by the coaches and recorded 51 tackles and had three picks. So it's good to see Johnny Adams back. We oh, need yeah. to have a good secondary, mm-hmm. obviously. So good stuff there. For Mr. Johnny Adams. But uh, the topic I wanted to get to, and we're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but I want to spend enough on it. You know, Michigan State and Michigan, both winning their bowl games respectively, both in overtime. Michigan State beat Georgia last Monday in the Outback Bowl, and Michigan beat Virginia Tech in the Sugar Bowl this uh, last Tuesday. Now, both teams 
Michigan State was ranked 12th in the AP poll, 13th in the coaches poll. Michigan was ranked 12th in the coaches poll, 13th in the AP poll. Now, when the, now when this game's done between LSU and uh, Alabama tonight, the final BCS rankings will come out. Who should be ranked higher? All fandom aside. All fandom aside. Um, just who is who's a better team? I think I think MSU was. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, not only did we beat Michigan head to head as the season went on, Michigan did get better. I won't take that away from them. But if we look at the bowl game. Although Michigan State did have a tough time in the first half, I think they really brought it back in the second. And you know, I just think the Michigan, um, the Michigan game was just way too all over. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, we looked like the better team in the end of it all. Even though not taking away, it was a BCS game. Yes, it was. And but I think we played a better team than Virginia Tech. I agree. And I think Georgia is a better team, and I think we played them a little bit better than Michigan played Virginia Tech. Yeah. And I think, honestly, all fandom aside, I know I go to MSU, and I do respect Michigan and what Brady Hoke has done with the program because they look very, very good this year, especially at the end of the season. I really think we should be ranked ahead of them. Yes. Uh, I mean, you look at the body of work. Michigan beat Nebraska, mm-hmm. beat Ohio State. Um, obviously won all eight home games. A lot of home games for Michigan this year. Jeez, Lou, eight home games. Like, that's a lot. Um, but, you know, Michigan State. Big wins as well. One on the road against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Beat Iowa. Beat Northwestern. Beat Wisconsin again. Yep. They both, Michigan State will finish, they're 11-3. 11-2 for Michigan. The only reason we have one more loss is because we actually played in the championship. and We played in the championship game. Right. Okay, so I think Michigan State is the better team. I am not going to be perturbed. I'm not going to be angry, really, if Michigan's ahead of us. Because preseason rankings are just that. They're preseason. You know, no one's gotten on the field yet. Michigan's got to start their year next year with Alabama at Cowboy Stadium, mm-hmm. which is they're going to lose that game. We have Boise. We State, get Boise right? State in mm-hmm. here at Spartan Stadium in East Lansing. Yeah, I like the way the Big Ten scheduling. Nonetheless, I think Michigan State should be ahead of Michigan, and honestly, I think they will be. You think? I think it's going to be just right there. We'll be just one ahead of them. I, I think it's going to be that close. Um, yes, we. You know what could hurt us is guys like Jarrell Worthy and Edwin Baker already declaring Leaving, for the draft. Yeah. That could hurt, but at the same time, does it doesn't really matter? They're preseason. You know what rankings. I mean? They're, they're preseason. You know, it, it's good to obviously be ranked high, but at the same time, Michigan State just beat Michigan when you play them this next year. That's that's what's going to matter to me. Exactly. It's not going to matter what the preseason rankings are, but I am going to say that Michigan State they are the better team. They did beat the better opponent in Georgia. Hands down, with you know, in the SEC, and they just, I think, had it. Yeah, they lost to Notre Dame. They lost to Nebraska. Okay, yeah, Michigan, you beat Notre Dame. You beat Nebraska, but it's different. It's you can't compare it like that. You're no. playing a team at different times of the year. Michigan State played Nebraska when they were just completely gassed after a very, very difficult October and having to play at Ohio State, then play Michigan at home, then play Wisconsin, and then you traveled to Nebraska. That was a tough game. That was a very insane month. October was crazy. October was. And the fact they came out 3-1 and one in that month is shocking. Mm-hmm. Okay, but go green. Go we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, real fast, some of the other bowl games that took place last week. The Rose Bowl, Wisconsin loses to Oregon 45-38. to uh, Wisconsin <laughs> running out of time. Poor time management. Again, Wisconsin, the clock is not your friend. Nope. Not your friend at all. In the Tositas Fiesta Bowl, Stanford loses to Oklahoma State 38-41 to in overtime. Oak State barely gets the win, but kicks a field goal to seal the deal. I mean, good for Oak State. Yeah. I always like the Cowboys, not the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, on Tuesday, yeah, this the Sugar Bowl. Michigan played Virginia Tech in a sloppy, ugly game, but Michigan won. 23-20 to in overtime as well. You know, we talked before, we didn't think a lot of field goals at all in this game. Uh, there were uh, oh. a lot of field goals. And uh, Gibbons, Brendan Gibbons, the kicker for Michigan, seals the deal in beating Virginia Tech 23-20. to uh, A lot of people could argue that Virginia Tech got hosed with a touchdown catch that they reversed uh, in overtime, I which would have forced did. Michigan to score a touchdown other than kicking a field goal. I hate college overtime. I think it's stupid. I think starting on the 25-yard line, is you already put a team in field goal range. Yeah, you do have your situations like Georgia where a guy will just miss it. Right. But a lot of the time, it's just, okay, this team, it's over. It's just over. Start the guy, start him on the 40. 
Do you think it was a touchdown? I just don't think there was enough to overturn it. I would. That's what I was surprised at. It looked like his elbow did kind of maybe hit there. You couldn't see with the camera angle well. I just don't know where they found the evidence to overturn it. It was ruled a touchdown on the field, and that's just what shocks me because usually whatever yeah. it's ruled – and it's that's it's that uncertain. That close. It's that close. It's going to stay with whatever was ruled. Even I, the commentators. Oh, they're not going to overturn this. And oh, then yeah. as he and comes I was out think, there, I was thinking the same thing. And everyone was. And I, I do. I honestly think that they got screwed. <laughs> yeah, they. I, I think they probably <laughs> they did. did there. Obviously, that wouldn't have just won the game for Virginia Tech. No. But they would have been up twenty-seven twenty, and Michigan would have had to respond. I think it would have been tougher. So it would have been a lot more difficult. But yeah. hey. Nonetheless, I don't say it often, congratulations to Michigan and the Wolverines. It is good for the Big Ten. It really is. It helps out. I like that both of us won our bowl games and we'll be going into next season. Two pretty darn good football teams here in Michigan. So congratulations to the Wolverines, and we're going to beat you again (laughs) next year. Five straight. I'm a little scared. All right, get ready for it. Maxwell's going to throw for seven touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another bowl game, the Orange Bowl on Wednesday. West Virginia played Clemson. And I don't know if this was football or basketball. 70-33 to 33 is your final score. West Virginia absolutely annihilating. Didn't they break a record? Yeah. The most games or most, sorry, most points in I think it's the most points in a bowl game. Yep, they did. 35 points alone in the second quarter. That's disgusting. I think I stopped watching it at halftime. I stopped it was watching just, it because it was terrible. It was. It was just bad. I was like, there's bad no football. way. This is not a football game anymore. No, it was awful. But West Virginia does get the win. Clemson, you know, kind of a disappoint. I think a disappointing end to their whole season. You look at the Cotton Bowl on Friday. Kansas State plays Arkansas, and Arkansas gets the best of what I always thought was an overrated Kansas State team. Arkansas wins 29-16 in the Cotton Bowl. And then, of course, you get two exciting bowl games on Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) Southern Methodist versus Pitt. Yeah! (laughs) Awesome. Conference USA versus the Big East. Okay. In the BBVA Compass Bowl. I'm not even going to make a joke on it. I'm not even going to say anything. SMU won 28-6 is your final score there. And on Sunday, for all of you hardcore Northern Illinois and Arkansas State fans, the GoDaddy.com Bowl last night, Northern Illinois <laughs> beats Arkansas State 38-20. to The MAC wins a bowl game, actually. Yay. Shocking. But uh, that leads us to tonight. Tonight we have the national championship game, which will be Alabama- Crimson Tide against the LSU Tigers. This was a game they played earlier in the season, a match that LSU nudged out Alabama 9-6 to in overtime because Alabama's kicker doesn't have a foot. And um, <laughs> You would think. You would think. It's just, he just misses it. Yep. But um, they're playing tonight. It should be a, should be a good game. Game's going to kick off at 8.30. And right now, Alabama is actually a two-point a two favorite. Who do you think? Who's going to win this game? I always, it's a tough game. They're both very well matched teams. Right. Both one and two defensively. Uh huh. Offensively, LSU twelfth in the twelfth in the nation, averaging 30 and a half, 38 and a half points a game. Who do you got and why? I don't think it's going to be a game of field goals this time. Uh huh. I think it's going to be a little bit more exciting. I hope it's a little bit more exciting. Um, but like you said, number one, number two, defense, offense, you know all that good stuff. But I, I have to go with, you know. <laughs> Crimson Tide, come on now. You may have to go out roll tide? Yeah, as much as much as I you know, like I told you before the show, it dislike Nick Saban. Bemoans for, you to pick. For, I, for ditching the MSU Spartans, but you know, I love Mark D'Antonio. Just saying. I I do. I have to go roll tide. Roll tide. I went back and forth on this pick. I don't like either school really at all. <laughs> Neither do I. I, I don't really even want don't. them in this game. I think it's, I told you that. No matter what now, the SEC will have a sixth consecutive BCS title. Winning every year, it seems like. Woo. You look at these two teams. Again, Alabama ranked number one defensively, only allowing 191 yards per game. LSU, two, giving up 252 yards. There's quite a disparity in those two numbers, one yeah. and two. But nonetheless, LSU's offense... I think will be the reason they win this game. They've outscored their opponents other than Alabama. This excludes the Alabama game. They've outscored their opponents 491 to 131 this season. I think that Tyron Matthew on the defensive side of the ball for LSU is one of the best players in college football this year, hands down. I think he's amazing. Uh, Jordan Jefferson, Jarrett Lee, you know, they both had a really good season, both splitting time for LSU for, uh, you know, quarterbacking them. 
I think it's going to be a close game. I agree with you. I think it's going to be higher scoring. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a field goal game. I see this game really getting into the getting into the twenties. I really think so. I think that you're going to see some. You'll see a couple more explosive big plays that'll end up happening. The defenses I don't think will remain as perfect yeah. as they did. And really, if it is that close of a game, I would rather go against Alabama's kicker and go with LSU's kicker. Special teams will play a major role in this in this ball game, hands down. Oh yeah. And we'll see who comes out the other end. I got LSU. Well, we'll just have to see next Monday when we talk about it. <laughs> we will. And again, that is tonight the BCS National Championship game. All state. I don't know why I'm not plugging all state. I'm just trying to I'm just saying it. It takes place at eight thirty. Um I believe the game is on ESPN. Probably. But it, it usually is. Yeah. But nonetheless, eight thirty is game time there. Uh should be should be interesting. And of course I just had to click open this article because when I saw it, uh Tom Izzo, who uh you know, former friend not former friend, uh you know, for uh, friend of Nick Saban, says, quote, after watching the first game, which I did, I think Alabama outplayed him. Even though I think LSU is great, I'm still a Nick Saban guy. I think Alabama is going to win, and I hope Alabama wins, end quote. We'll see. Why not? We'll see. All right, Tom, I don't agree. Well, I guess if we're talking about Tom Izzo, I can tell you guys a cool little fact that I told you before the game. Yes. They did. It's Bleacher Report. I mean, if you guys want to look it up, you can. It was either the top 10 or top 15 football, basketball or duo mm-hmm. in college. I mean, Michigan's on there. Um, they have OSU on there. They have Wisconsin on there. They have all these, you know, Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. But our number one is... <laughs> D'Antonio Izzo. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing. Um, I mean, Izzo's been around since 95. Mm-hmm. Done so much with the program. And then you have um, D'Antonio, who's done so much with the team over the past five years. You know, two back-to-back, 11-win seasons, all that good stuff. And I, I have a whole list of everything they've done. I, can, I can't even remember everything. So <laughs> I, I agree. I think they're probably the two best, if, like, if you're looking at them together, the yes. two best coaches in college. I, I mean, I, I'd have to look into it more, but I, 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 I lean towards agreeing with that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Tom Izzo, he's done amazing things here. And D'Antonio obviously has not been here as long. But no. <laughs> done a great job in his five years in turning this program around. We are going to move on, though, to Michigan State basketball real fast. The Spartans, who are now 14-2, ranked 7th in the coaches' poll, 6th in the AP poll, cracking the top 10 after winning at the Kohl Center against Wisconsin. 63-60 to in overtime. This game was last Tuesday. Michigan State winning a buzzer-beater shot from Wisconsin, not counting. Because the game, the clock on the backboard was at zeros, but the arena clock had two tenths of a second left. They went to review, and they, by rule, they have to use the clock on the backboard. Yep. Michigan State wins. Now, again, 14 straight victories for Michigan State. They will be playing Iowa here tomorrow at the Breslin Center at 7 o'clock. Then on Saturday, they'll travel to Northwestern to play them at 3 o'clock. Eighth in the country in rebounding, 22 in assists. 56th in field goal percentage, 52nd in points per game. This team looking very sharp. I'm going to say it right now. Michigan State's going to make it to the Final Four. Wow. I'm going to call it going call it a hunch, call it whatever. I think this team is that talented and they are going to put together a deep run here in the tournament. But to the Wisconsin game, you know, it's not the best performances, you know, from certain guys. Obviously, Two tough missed free throws from Draymond Green there to even let Wisconsin have a shot oh, at you know God. taking a, taking a three pointer, missing those two free throws. Green still ending with eighteen points and fourteen boards. Obviously a good game, mm-hmm. but you know what do you think of this team? You know we're getting into Big Ten play more. They play three games. They had a whole week off mm-hmm. before they have to play this Iowa game. Mm-hmm. How far can this team go? Because <laughs> I think this team far as they want is go. impressing me more and more and more every week. <laughs> They've, they've had some ni- really, nice wins. Yeah, I mean, but like I told you before the show, um, I don't think that Wisconsin game should have been as close as it was. Yes. Um, I think we should have beat them by more than we did, but a win's a win. Doesn't matter when it comes to polls and stuff. It's all a win. Yep. Um, I, I do see them, and, you know, I, I've said this on a previous show, I don't know how long ago this was, that this is a better team than last year. And I think there's a lot more talent. I think they found out how to work together 
as a team more than as individuals, which I feel like was last year. Everyone was working on their own. They're doing post play. They're doing rebounding. They're well, except for their free throw shooting is decent. It's not. That it's got to get better. It's got to get better. It does. Um, I I see them going. I don't know about Final Four. Right now, I'd have to see them more in the Big Ten. I mm-hmm. think. Um, but yeah, I see them going quite a ways. I see them doing a lot better in the tournament than last year. Without a doubt, and I think the reason I'm going out on a limb right now and saying that is the fact that I think we have possibly one of the best back backcourts in the league. I mean, in the in college basketball with Keith Appling, you know, Brandon Wood, Brandon Dawson, Travis Trice, a lot of good talent, and Draymond Green embracing that role of being the leader. Derek Nix losing all that weight. Just looking very mm-hmm. great footwork now under the basket. Good hands. I think that's a big part. It's huge. I think it's played a big part because last year he almost left. Yep. And then this year he's dropped a ton of weight and he's doing amazing. He's doing fantastic. Averaging about six more points a game than he averaged last year. Averaging about 8.3 points per game right now. Uh, Derek, next. I just think that this team, it's a younger team. But then you have the experience with Wood transferring to us a senior. Draymond, a senior. Keith Appling, who played all summer in the U19 FIBA League. I really think this team has a lot of potential, a mm-hmm. lot of potential. And the way they're playing right now, I mean, we hadn't won at the Kohl Center in, you know, in, since 2001. It had been a decade. We had never beaten this team there in a decade. So many attempts to not get it done, and they, they won. In a game, honestly, I thought they were going to lose. I did think Wisconsin is not as good no. as they have been in years past. Michigan just beat them 59 to 41 yesterday. Kicked their butt. Mm-hmm. Now Wisconsin's lost three games straight. But nonetheless, it's a good win on the road in the Big Ten. Can I just say Bo Ryan is the biggest spaz I've ever seen? I thought he was going to kill someone. <laughs> I did too. Evil, evil face. They have the funniest picture when they announce. I don't know where it is online. When I they, saw, I saw this oh picture, yes. Oh my gosh, he looks like so angry. I thought he was going to murder someone. He looked like it. He really did. And I don't blame him. I mean, you're at home. You are at the Kohl Center. You better have your clock synced up. Yeah, that was weird. I've never seen that. But I, I don't think s- I've ever paid attention to it, you know, at the same time. Yeah, me either. Because I'm just looking at the clock on the screen. On the screen, on the screen. Yeah. So, But here, here's uh, referee Pat Driscoll. Okay, he, had, he came out and clarified this whole thing. He says, quote, by rule, we have to go to the clock on the backboard. I don't know why there would be different times. It could be satellite, electronic, whatever. But by rule, we have to go to the clock that is attached to the backboard. In our review of the, on the monitor, the clock clearly showed zeros while the ball remained in the Wisconsin players' hands, end quote. I mean, Too we, bad. we saw it from reviews over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, it took them a while to decide what they wanted to do with it, but I, I completely... All fandom aside, again, I completely agree with what they did. If it was, if it was, that's the right call. That's right. that's by the rule. If it that's was, what it is. If it was us with the buzzer beater, I would have been like, ah, uh, yeah, that's probably right. You yeah, know, I probably would have said the same thing. And yet, you know, you you be angry at obviously your clock guys for messing that for up. For messing that up. <laughs> that's you're at home. That's that's their fault. Right. You know, Michigan State, whatever wins a win. You've won 14 straight after losing the opener in North Carolina and then Duke at Madison Square that's Garden. That's insane. That feels so. Like, long ago. It feels like a whole season ago. It really does. It really does. But Michigan State, again, 14-2 now. Sixth in the AP poll. Seventh in the coaches poll. Doing a great job. Michigan is 13-3 right now. They are 13th in the AP poll. And Michigan is 13th in the coaches poll as well. Your top five in the AP is Syracuse, Kentucky, North Carolina, Baylor. Baylor and Syracuse still undefeated. And Ohio State at number five. So Michigan State right there, the Big Ten, a lot of, you know, we have a lot of decent decent teams in here. So uh, good for them. Real fast, the coaches poll, Syracuse is your one, Kentucky two, then North Carolina, Baylor, Ohio State, and Duke. So the coaches poll puts Duke just ahead of us. But AP, we're just ahead of them. But AP, we're two spots in front of them yeah. in the AP. Wisconsin falling out of the rankings. I believe Bummer. Harvard fell out as well. Wisconsin will get back in. Bummer they will for get Wisconsin. Ba- they will get ranked again. But they, yeah, they're just not the team of years past that we have seen uh, from Bo Ryan. I feel like we beat them in overtime last year, too, at the Brez. Yeah, I'd have to look that up. I would, too. But I, it was either that or it was super close. Yeah. Really fast again. Tomorrow at the Breslin against the Hawkeyes, 7 o'clock is your tip-off time. Should be a good game. And then again, they travel to Northwestern. 
That's January 14th, Saturday, be a 3 o'clock game. And then, and we will obviously be discussing this next week, but next Tuesday, going to the Chrysler Center, first matchup against the Wolverines, 7 p.m. next Tuesday. Definitely should be a solid game. Yeah, it's going to be a big game. It's going to be a very big game. game. A lot of bragging rights in both of these teams. I think very... Not similar, but I think they're both very talented. I think Michigan State is a little bit better. But playing on the road anywhere in the Big Ten, you're going to give you a little trouble. After last year, we better beat them. Yeah, we really should. <laughs> we bad. If we lose twice again, I'm just going to have to cower and hide because James is going to rub it uh, in. Rub it in. James, you're not allowed on the show if they win. James, <laughs> James, I swear, they better not win. But uh, we are going to move on to the Detroit Red Wings real fast because the Detroit Red Wings – are the most consistent team in this state, as always. The Red Wings getting a nice victory here yesterday in overtime at Chicago, playing the Blackhawks, winning 3-2. to two. Uh, Pavel Datsuk, Dan Cleary, um, great job. Datsuk uh, scoring the overtime goal, which was a crazy angle shot that he had to squeeze in there. I don't know how Datsuk does it. And Cleary tied the game late in regulation. The Wings now tied in the Central Division in the Western Conference. Detroit, St. Louis, and Chicago, all with 53 points right now. Vancouver is the leader in the Western Conference with 55 points after getting a nice win against the Boston Bruins two days ago. The Wings, though, have the second-best goal differential in the NHL. They are plus 40 when it comes to that. The only the only other team better than them is the Boston Bruins with a plus 68 goal differential. So the Red Wings now tied atop the Central Division with some good games coming up here. Uh, going back as well, on Saturday night, they did lose at Toronto 4-3 to in a tough game. Um, a bad penalty shot call for the uh, Maple Leafs. They never deserved this penalty shot. The guy barely touched him, ended up scoring on the penalty shot. Nonetheless, Wings take a loss there, 4-3. to They were at Dallas on Tuesday, winning 5-4. to Really nice job by Howard. And I want to give Conklin some credit. Uh, Ty Conklin, who has not played the best this season necessarily, but he did a great job in stopping a hot Blackhawks team. So the Wings will finish up their four-game road trip tomorrow night at the Islanders. That game starts at 7 o'clock. Then they will be going to Joe Lewis to play the Phoenix Coyotes on Thursday. And then Saturday, they play the Blackhawks again, but at the Joe. So the Red Wings, let's go. It's game time. It's game time. They're playing well. The Red Wings, the one thing is their road play. They're 11-12 and 12 on the road right now, but they are 15-2-1 at Joe Lewis. But road record's got to get better. Road record has to get a little bit better. It's not terrible, but it does have to get better. You see some of these other teams, more or less more of the teams being in the Eastern Conference, that do have substantially better road records. But we have the best home record out of the whole, out of the whole league. That doesn't surprise me at all. Last year they struggled. You know, if you remember that last year, they just, they didn't have the greatest time at the Joe. They were actually they flip flopped. They were better on the road last season, but yeah, they've really put it together this year. I feel like last year they kind of struggled all together. I think they did a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, our division though with St. Louis, Chicago, Nashville, we have a lot of good teams that mm-hmm. could all make the playoffs. So right. the Wings are going to have to keep up how well they're playing. We're Exactly halfway through the season right now. The Wings are 26-14-1. So, uh, you know, good job through the first half. Let's just keep it up for the second half. The Wings do have uh, six home games here. Uh, actually, excuse me, five home games in the month of January at Joe Lewis. And they will then have five road games. So, five and five. Okay. See how they do. And look forward, January 25th, because these teams never play the Canadians. We will travel out to Montreal, original six battle. And finally, because I get so irritated that these teams never play each other. They play like once every two years. But they're original six teams. People want to see that. Of course. So let's come on, league. (laughs) Let's figure that out. And uh, again, real fast in NHL news. uh, The NHL Players Association did block the realignment and the new playoff structure for the NHL for the 2012-2013 season. Uh, Donald Fair, who's the executive director of the Players Association, said, quote, players' questions about travel and concerns about the playoff format have not been sufficiently addressed. And he says that, yeah, until that gets addressed, they're not going to go forward with this. They are worried about the playoff structure because you are going to have four conferences, basically seven teams in two of them, eight teams in the other one. Players don't think that's fair necessarily to a degree and some of the traveling. 
We will get to that on another show because they're going to have to do a lot of work there discussing that. As well with our Detroit Pistons. Uh, two and six. Pistons getting blown out Saturday. No one, I think, even knew this game was on. Everyone was watching the Lions and Saints. I didn't know it was on until I flipped to it. There was and they had lost by 23. Uh, they lose to the Knicks 103-80. to And Friday night, the w- night before that, they lose at Philly 96-73. And then go back to Wednesday, they lose to the Bulls, 99-83 at the Palace. The Pistons have not beaten the Bulls at uh, at the United Center since 2006. They play the Bulls tonight. Well. Does not bode well. <laughs> the Bulls are 7-2. They did just lose to the Atlanta Hawks here on Saturday, 109-94. But the Bulls, second best record in the conference. They are a very, very solid team with Derrick Rose, Rip Hamilton, uh, we'll see what happens, but Detroit will be playing tonight against the Chicago Bulls. That game is going to tip off at 8 o'clock for all of you NBA fans. And then the Pistons will travel. Will go back to the Palace on Tuesday to face the Dallas Mavericks. Thursday, they're at Milwaukee. Friday, they're at Charlotte. And Sunday, they're at Golden State. Not easy road for Detroit, but hey, go, go Pistons, go Red Wings. Let's go all Detroit teams. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Spartan Sports Wrap this evening. We will definitely have a brand new show for you next week. For all of us here at the Spartan Sports Wrap, my name is Dave Ferencu. And I'm Megan. And you guys have a great night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.